Um, today we're going to begin the book of Ecclesiastes. And so uh, I'm excited about that. If you are here for the first time, this is what we've done for the past year. Uh, we have spent time reading through the entire Bible 20 minutes at a time. Um, and this is what we do every morning. This is what we do every episode. We spend time reading the word of God together. And and then we spend some time reflecting on the word of God together. And I call that a rant because I don't have anything planned. I'm just simply allowing you the opportunity to eavesdrop on uh, my reflections as I read through the scripture for the day. So it's all over the place. It's all messy, but it's a rant. And sometimes, often, I guess, uh, it's be, it's it's a blessing to you all. Um, and so um, and that's what we do here. And that's why we're here. We're here to just spend time in the reading of the word. That's my priority to see every believer read through the entire scripture. We've read all the way from Genesis through the book of Proverbs. And now we are in the book of Ecclesiastes. And so I want to encourage you right now to go ahead and turn your Bible to Ecclesiastes. We get to start a new book today. I'm excited about that. I am excited about that. And I want to preface by saying this isn't a Bible study, okay? This is just a Bible reading and it's a rant. That's why we call it the read and rant. Um, but we had a Bible study yesterday on our Patreon. Uh, I hope that was a blessing to you all on Patreon. But yeah, so anyway, we're going to get right to it. Uh, and we're going to be reading from Ecclesiastes. And we'll spend about 20 minutes reading. And then afterwards, we'll... Spend a few moments just reflecting on what the Lord is speaking into. As you read, we want to have a meditational posture. Again, there's a place for Bible study, right? There's a place for exegesis. There's a place for exposition. There's a place for that. Um, we're not going to have the time to really exposit and exegete and expostulate the chapters that we're about to read. We just want to hear from the Lord. and We want to spend time just steeping in his word. That's it. We just want to be in his presence while we read his word. And so... What I encourage you to do is to ask three questions. Um, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, what are you revealing concerning people? And then God, what are you revealing concerning me? Okay. What are you revealing concerning me? Yes, I will be posting the study on Patreon, actually in a few. So you should be able to get it. Um, probably before I even post this episode on Patreon, okay? So that's what we're going to ask. And we're going to prayerfully consider those questions as we read his word. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for engaging us in your word. I ask that you would uh, bless us today. Lord, impart us with your wisdom and your insight. Uh, I pray, Lord, that we would know more about you. Lord, as we read your word today, Lord, that we would know more about ourselves and what you intend for us to be. Lord, bless us, Lord, as we engage in your word. Um, speak to us today. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen. Ecclesiastes 1, verse 1. And it says this, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth 
abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it ro- where it arose. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, there they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things. Nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. Hmm. I, the preacher, the king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. This burdensome task God has given to the sons of man by which they may may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed, all is vanity and grasping for the wind. Hmm. What is a crooked, what is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. I communed with my heart, saying, look, I have attained greatness. I have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge, and I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is grasping for the wind. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Man, this guy's a bummer. Ecclesiastes 2. I said in my heart, come now. I will test you with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. But surely this was also vanity. I said of laughter, madness and of mirth. What does it accomplish? I searched in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine while guiding my heart with wisdom and how to lay hold on on folly till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven all the days of their lives. I made my works great. I built myself houses and planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards. I have planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants. I had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the special treasures of kings and of provinces. I acquired male and female singers, the delights of the sons of men and musical instruments of all kinds. So I became great and excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained within me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my reward from all my labor. Then I looked 
on all the works that my hands had done and on all the labor in which I had toiled. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. Then I turned myself to consider wisdom, madness, and folly. For what can the man do, sorry, for what can the man do who succeeds the king? Only what he has already done. Then I saw that wisdom excels folly as light excels darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Yet I myself perceived. (laughs) that the same event happens to them all. So I said in my heart, as it happens to the fool, it also happens to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart, this is also vanity. For there is no more remembrance of the wise than of the fool forever. Since all that I know now will be forgotten in the days to come. And how does a wise man die? As a fool. Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me for all his vanity and grasping for the wind. Then I hated all my labor in which I had toiled under the sun because I must leave it to the man who will come after me and who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will rejoice over all my labor in which I toiled and in which I have shown myself wise under the sun. This also is vanity. Therefore, I turned my heart and despaired of all the labor in which I had toiled under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, yet he must leave his heritage to a man who has not labored for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. For what has a man for all his labor and for the striving of his heart with which he has toiled under the sun? For all his days are sorrowful and his work burdensome. Even in the night, his heart takes no rest. This is also vanity. Nothing is better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw from the hand of God. For who can eat and who can have enjoyment more than I? For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight, but to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give him who is good before God. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. Ecclesiastes 3. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain 
and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Hmm. What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God has done from beginning to end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the labor of his, sorry, the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. That which has already been. Hmm. That which has already been and what is to be has already been. And God requires an account of what is past. Moreover, I saw under the sun, in the place of judgment, wickedness was there. And in the place of righteousness, iniquity was there. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and every work. I said in my heart, concerning the condition of the sons of men, God tests them, and they may see that they themselves are like animals. For what happens to the sons of men also happens to animals. One thing befalls them as one dies, so dies another. Surely they all have one breath. Man has no advantage over animals, for all is vanity. All go to one place. All are from dust, and all are returned to dust. Who knows the spirit of the sons of men, which goes upward in the spirit of an animal, which goes down to the earth? So I perceived that nothing is better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his heritage. For what can bring him to see what will happen after him? Ecclesiastes 4. Then I returned and considered all the oppression that is done under the sun. And look, the tears of the oppressed, but they have no comforter. On the side of their oppressors, there is power, but they have no comforter. Therefore, I praise the dead who were already dead, more than the living who are still alive. Yet better than both is he who has never existed, who has not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. Hmm. Again, I saw that for all the toil and every skillful work of a man is envied by his neighbor. This also is vanity, grasping for the wind. The fool folds his hands and consumes his own flesh. Better a handful with quietness than both hands full together with toil and grasping for the wind. Then I returned and saw vanity under the sun. There's one alone without a companion. He has neither son nor brother. 
yet there is no end to all his labors, nor is his eye satisfied with riches. But he never asks, for whom did do I toil and deprive myself of good? This is also vanity and a grave misfortune. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he who has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will be kept warm. But how can they be kept warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. Better a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who would be admonished no more. For he comes out of prison to be king, although he was born poor in his kingdom. I saw all the living who walk under the sun. They were with the second youth who stands in his place. There was no end of all the people over whom he was made king. Yet those who come afterward will rejoice in him. Surely this is also vanity and grasping for the wind. Ecclesiastes 5. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. Do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin, nor say before the messenger of God that there was an error. Why should God be angry at you, at your excuse, and destroy the work of your hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there is also vanity. But fear God. Verse 8. If you see the oppression of the poor and the violent perversion of justice and righteousness in a province, do not marvel at the matter. For high official watches over high official, and higher officials are over them. Moreover, the profit of the land is for all. Even the king is served from the field. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they increase who eat them. So what profit have the owners except to see them with their eyes? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of the rich will, per, will not permit him to sleep. Goodness. There is a severe evil, which I have seen under the sun. Riches kept for their owner to his hurt. But those riches perish through misfortune. When he begets a son, 
there's nothing in his hand. As he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away with his hand. Goodness gracious. And this is also a severe evil, just exactly as he came, so shall he go. And what profit has he who has labored for the wind? All his days he also eats in darkness, and he has much sorrow and sickness and anger. Here is what I have seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink, and to enjoy the good of all his labors in which he toils under the sun, all the days of his life which God has give, which God gives him. For it is his heritage, as for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. For he will not dwell unduly on the days of his life because God keeps him busy with the joy of his heart. Let's read one more chapter. Ecclesiastes 6. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men, a man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor, so that he lacks nothing for himself and all he desires, yet God does not give him power to eat of it, but a foreigner consumes it. This is vanity, and it is an evil affliction. If a man begets a hundred children and lives many years, so that the days of his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with goodness, or indeed he has no burial, I say that a stillborn child is better than he. For it comes in vanity and departs in darkness, and its name is covered with darkness. Though it has not yet seen the sun or know anything, this has more rest than that man. Even if he lives a thousand years twice, but has not seen goodness, do not all go to one place? Hmm. All the labor of a man is for his mouth, and yet the soul is not satisfied. Goodness. For what, has, what more has the wise man than the fool? What does the poor man have? Who knows how to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of desire. This is also vanity in grasping for the wind. Whatever one is, he has been named already, for it is known that he is man. And he cannot contend with him who is mightier than he, since there are many things that increase vanity. How is man the better? For who knows what is good for a man's life? All the days of his vain life, which he passes like a shadow, who can tell a man what will happen after him under the sun? Hmm. Who can tell a man what will happen after him under the sun? Um, I'm going to stop right here. And um, I have a few thoughts. And if you notice, we've already read through half of the 
Um, we've already read half of the book. We'll read the other half tomorrow um, since, you know, I want to devote 20 minutes. And that's why we do it. We do it where we spend 20 minutes a day reading. And then we spend just 20 minutes reflecting to show you that you don't really have to, you know, it doesn't take that much to get through the entire scripture. It doesn't take that much to get through the entire Bible. If you actually notice here, especially with the book of Ecclesiastes, and there are a few exceptions to this, but with the book of Ecclesiastes, you can read this in one sitting. Like I could finish this right here in another 15, 20 minutes and we'd be done. Um, of course, I'm breaking it up, but it doesn't take much. And when you read through the entire book, you get a bigger picture of what the book is about rather than, you know, a couple verses here and there. I'm sure if you've grown up in church and if you, um, you know, if you grew up in church, you're familiar with Ecclesiastes 4, or if you've gone to a wedding or anything, you probably have heard this verse, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. So you've heard that. You've heard that before. Um, you've also probably, at least if you, if you've grown up, you, you don't even, it doesn't even need to be that you've grown up in church. You probably have heard before, um, you know, uh, to everything, there is a season and a time and every purpose under heaven. You probably heard the time to be born and a time to die, a time to plan, the time to pluck. And so you've heard that, um, before. And it's funny because many of us, when we've heard these statements and these um, wise statements and these sayings from the Bible, we often think of them as completely separate from each other, not realizing that they all coincide with a general theme. Those two things that you've heard before all coincide with a general theme. Of course, no one ever catches that um, because again, we're reading the Bible in all these piecemeal, in a piecemeal way. And because we've read, it, read the Bible in a piecemeal way, we missed the, the big idea and the main point. Okay. And so that's why we do this. Now, if you take those two statements, they all seem good in and of themselves. In themselves, they seem good, right? To, every, to everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. And then, you know, a time to love and a time to hate a time of war and a time of peace. We see that and we're encouraged by that, that there's a time, but there's a bigger theme behind this. And then of course we know that two are better than one. And for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. Good stuff. Again, if two lie together, they will be kept warm, man, all good stuff. But we're missing the main point of all of this. Both of those statements, fall under a general theme. And that general theme that it falls under is the theme that we see from the beginning of this text. The text begins with the statement, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. That's the theme. That's the idea. It's the first verse that sets the tone for the entire book. And so if you ask the question, and this is just a really a preface to all of this. If you ask the question, well, what is happening here? What is this all about? 
This is about this reality that life is vain if it is apart from God. If you ask me, what's the main idea? The main idea of this is that all the things that we have made important, all the things that we say matter, all the things that we say have give us purpose or give us a meaning, all the things that we say that we say, when I have this, I really feel like I made it. Or if I have this, then I feel like I've made it. Or, you know, all I need is to be married and all I need is a promotion and all I need is a little bit more money. All I need is to live a happy life. All, all I need is to have some kids or, or, or once, you know, I get that house I've been looking for. And once I, all I need is all of that. And then when I have all of that, man, it's going to be good. And what the author is saying here in the text is he's saying, all of it is vanity. The theme behind this is that it's all vain. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. All of it, not some of it. Meaning your money is vain. Your moments of happiness and pleasure are vain. Your promotion is vain. Your accomplishments are vain. Being married and having a beautiful marriage is vain. Relationship goals, vain. Marriage goals, vain. All of it, vain. Are you hearing me, family? Apart from God, life is vain. I don't care if it's marriage goals, if it's money goals. I don't care if it's about securing the bag. I don't care about any of that. You can secure the bag and in the end it's vain. You can say, well, I want to live a long life, so I'm going to live a long life. You can live a long life and at the end it's vain. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. You can chase after all of that stuff. And when you get there, you realize you're not satisfied. And when you get there, you realize this is not enough. Beauty is vain. It's fleeting. All of it is vain. When your life is centered around money, wealth, pleasure, when your life is centered around um, status, titles, when your life is centered around accomplishments, when your life is centered around awards, Oh, quickly, you're going to realize when you get there that you caught a vapor. It's nothing. It means nothing. It's all vain. It shouldn't surprise you that some of the most successful people in the world are some of the most depressed people in the world. It shouldn't surprise you that the people who've had some of the greatest accomplishments in the world are also the ones who are the most lost, confused, perplexed by the fact that I won this, I should feel like I'm done. I've made it, but oh, the pain of making it. Because when you finally make it, you got the money, you got everything you wanted, 
you got there and then you realize this is all a mirage. It's disappeared. It's gone. It's like the joy, the pleasure, the, uh, the, the sense of meaning and purpose, all of it just disappears once you finally won. Because those awards were vain, vapor, gone, meaningless, purposeless. Everything that the world is telling you to chase means nothing. Apart from God. Hmm. Even wisdom. We've been reading. We've been reading. Um, um, we were reading the book of Proverbs. And in reading the book of Proverbs, we talked about wisdom and, and how accessing wisdom has there's a there's a life in fulfillment there's a benefit there's all these things there, there are those who are wise and then those who are fools and yet he says at the end he goes what's the purpose of wisdom when the wise man gets buried in the same place as the fool what's the purpose of wisdom if the fool has the same demise as the wise man and why does it even matter if, it, if the wise man lives a little longer? I mean, what's another 10 years, really? Like, what's the purpose of all of that? Vanity of vanities. And he speaks about how, you know, we, yeah, we're on the hustle. We're on the grind. We're here to win. We're here to do all that stuff. But in the end, when you're gone, the mountains will still stay. The rivers will still flow. The waters will still crash. The sun will come up. The sun will come down. Life will go on without you. And if you give it enough time, the world is going to forget you. <laughs> he says in verse three, what profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? You can work, you can hustle, make that money, secure the bag, all of it. You know that when you die, you're not going to go with any of it. Let me say that one more time. You can hustle, you can secure the bag, you can, man, make the money, get the titles, get the promotion, go hard, go hard or go home, go, 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 go. In the end, you're going to go with none of it. And when you're gone for long enough, everybody's going to forget what you did. So why do any of it? Why does any of it matter? Well, if it's apart from God, it's all meaningless. There's no point in securing the bag if it's apart from God. There's no point in your marriage if it's apart from God. There's no point in having kids if it's apart from God. There's no point in the money and all these things if it's apart from God. It means nothing. It's vanity. It's vain. There are people that say, I'd rather cry in a Rolls Royce. It's because you're not in one. 
<laughs> I know. I, I'm sorry if I laugh about that. Um, it's because you're not in one. And then you get in one and you live under the bondage. How do I know that? Because I've seen it. No one's like to live that life. I've seen that life. I lived that life. I was a record producer. Worked with a lot of people. I've seen how the the I've seen the life. I know it. And there's a part of me that wishes that everyone would get to see that. There's a part of me that wishes that. Like there's a part of me that wishes everyone would get to see what that life looks like behind the scenes. And I, I'm grateful that I had the privilege to see it. And I'm also grateful for the grace of God on my life that I was able to see beyond what was happening because there's some people that cannot see. And they, they're living that life. And I realized, man, I remember, and I'm not going to say the person's name, but I remember um, it's a celebrity, a very, you know, celebrity that a lot of people know, most of you all here know him. And I was working with this particular individual. And I really, I mean, this person was my hero. This person was my hero at the time. And I remember sitting down and I remember meeting this hero and working with this hero. And I remember this was early on. I'm talking about I'm driving a 1992, uh, what was it? Uh, Nissan Stanza with like the worst uh, suspension system. The suspension was so bad that like when you, when I hit a bumper or if I, if I hit any bump, especially on the highway, it would be like my car was on hydraulics. Okay. The car was just in horrible shape. It was the kind of car you had to turn it off to order, um, to order food at, at a drive-thru because they couldn't hear you because the car was just so loud. I could never sneak up on anybody. Um, if I had to sneak up on you, I had to turn the car off and push the car up to your driveway. If I had to sneak up on you, it was, that it was one of those cars. And I remember pulling up to this, this person's mansion and I don't know, can't tell you how many rooms and there were millions of dollars with the cars in the driveway. And I remember shaking this person's hand and I remember sitting down saying, okay, I'm about to work with this person. And then I realized this person is living hell. This person hates life. This person is depressed. This person is not who I thought they were. It's a, it wrecks you when your heroes disappoint you. It really does. It wrecks you still love the person. Um, but I was wrecked. And I remember getting back in the car and I remember telling myself, I don't ever want to be that. Give me the money. <laughs> I want the fame. I want all of that, but I don't want that. <laughs> like, I don't want that. Um, I don't want that at all. I don't want to live a life where I'm not at peace. I don't want to live a life where I've got security guards everywhere. This particular person spent over $300,000 a year on security at their house. Had a security guard at their door. Not at peace. Mind you, I've met other um, more famous celebrities than this person. They didn't have the kind of 
lostness that this person had. And yet this person just lived a life in utter fear and emptiness. And for me, I said, you know what? I just, I don't want to ever be that. Of course, later on, when I started to see those successes, I became that person. And of course, the Lord met me there. And that's another conversation for another day. But I do believe that one of the greatest blessings is that I've seen what success looks like. It's one of the greatest blessings. I've seen what it what 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 the celebrity life looks like. It's an amazing blessing. I thank God every day for that. I thank God every day that I was able to see what winning looks like, what the celebrity life looks like, what great success looks like. I've been given the gift to see what it looks like behind the scenes because it's not what it looks like to everybody else. And I'm grateful for that because I realize that on the other side of it, it's empty. It means nothing. It's valueless. Rich people are just as depressed as poor people. Matter of fact, there are poor people that are happier than rich people. And all the things that we think that wealth gives us and titles and fame and all those things gives us, we realize in the end, it gives us nothing. It offers us nothing. We're seeking meaning and purpose and all of that. And in the end, it's nothing. I'm grateful for that. I am. And there's a part of me that wishes that other people would see it. It's just that no one gets that privilege. Now, this is not a knock on people who have wealth and who have success and who have, you know, there's not a knock at all on all of that. All that has to say is, is apart from God, it means nothing. And so if you ask me, what is the book of Ecclesiastes about? This is about a man who obviously is a king, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. The words of a preacher, probably the better word there is teacher. And he opens up to say, vanities of vanities, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanities. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? And here's what I love that he does here is he deconstructs all the things that we justify to say why these things have meaning and purpose. Like he talks about, well, you make all this wealth, you know that you're not going to be buried with it. Oh, but I get to pass it down to my kids for generational wealth. Nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. Don't get it twisted. But that's all it is. It means nothing. Because two generations from now, they're not even going to know who you are. And it doesn't even matter. And what if you pass that wealth down to your children? What value does it have if they don't have the same vision and values as you? You can pass your wealth down to your children and in the end, they take your wealth and they squander it. Because all you gave them was money and not values. 
not meaning, not purpose? Or what if the money that you give them is actually destroying them? What if the wealth that you pass down is actually the impetus for their demise? Man, here you are thinking, by passing down my wealth, I'm doing better for my family. Hmm. Or you know what? It's career. I, you know, I'm going to get some titles. I'm going to win some awards. Man, that's what it is. It's going to be that. Does that matter? Because in the end, nobody's going to remember your awards. No one's going to remember your promotion. No one's going to remember any of that. Or celebrities. There are great celebrities. Your kids right now. You know that you have celebrities right now who've won awards that you know. Just think about this for a second. Think about this, okay? You have people right now who you, you adored them. There are people who, when you were a kid, you worshiped them. They were musicians, artists, bands, singers. Um, you adored them. Celebrities on TV, TV show hosts, you adored them. And like, they, they were, man, you wanted to be them. Like you wanted, man, they were your heroes. Have you ever seen yourself telling your kids about your heroes when you were a kid? And your kids are like, who's that? Have you seen that? Where you tell people about that singer or that band or that group. And you're like, who's that? You adored them when you were a kid. That's how fast fame disappears. It just takes one generation. But here you are thinking that you want fame today, but your fame will fleet and disappear. It means nothing without God. means nothing. I've, I'm in, it's kind of interesting to me and I'm, I'm done. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. Like I said, you guys are eavesdropping on my, you know, just time of reflection. Um, you know, I even think about even in the church world, I, I find it comical. Like, you know, people who chase after celebrity in the church, I find that comical. Even, even in social media, let me be honest with you, like, it's a little bit comical when you think about it. Um, it's a little comical. And I say that because folks in the church are chasing after titles and celebrity. You know, how many followers you got on TikTok? How many followers you have on Instagram? You know, you want to become like a Christian celebrity. Most people want to be Christian influencers. What they want to be is Christian celebrities. That's really what they want to be. Have you ever thought this for a moment that no matter how much celebrity you get, that 20 years from now, no one's going to know who you are. 40 years from now, no one's going to have any idea who you are. It's like, Isaac, you have, you have almost 700,000 followers and you have you know, almost a hundred thousand followers on IG and all these platforms. And I say, you know that 30 years from now, nobody's going to know who I am. Like none of it matters without Christ. None of it matters 
This celebrity doesn't matter without Christ. Without God, it means nothing. 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 But we still want to chase the bag and want to chase celebrity and we want to chase titles and we want to win, win, win to what end? To what end? Verse 14, I've seen all the works that are done under the sun and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. I want you to notice here that it keeps saying it all is vanity and grasping for the wind, vanity and grasping for the wind. That word vanity is, it's the better word for it would be it's all vapor. And it's grasping for the wind because what does a vapor do? A vapor just, the wind just takes it in it. It just disappears. It just disappears. So in that context, then, when it says to every time there is a season, it's in that light, a time to be born and a time to die. Your life is short. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. It goes quickly. A time to kill and a time to heal. It just, it's a cycle. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. It's just vanity of vanities. A time to mourn and a time to dance. This is just the pattern of life. You, you see what you see? What's happening here? <laughs> it's all in light. It's all in light of that. This is not what we aspire to. It's the consequence of. So therefore, when we look at all these things and. Put in your mind right now, and this is the challenge that I have for you, and I'm done, I'm done. This is my challenge for you today because we're going to finish this book tomorrow and we're going to dig into this because if you read this and your life has been centered around a lot of these things that the book talks about, this is one, this is the most depressing book in the world. <laughs> if you follow what culture, society, the world tells you is important, you're going to read this book and it's going to throw you into depression because it's just putting to your face what is actually true. It's vain. It means nothing. Mm. But if you see where the book is leading you to, it's leading you to something bigger, something better, something eternal, something that never ends the thing that actually matters. Man, it grounds you on what is actually important. Chase the bag, you're not gonna go in the grave with it. Chase the bag and give it to your kids, your kids will squander it. So why chase the bag in the first place? Chase the accolades, everybody will forget it. I'll make a TikTok out of that. So today, let's not just chase the bag. Let's find our meaning and purpose in Christ. That's it. Let's stop finding our meaning and purpose in fun and pleasure. The stuff is vapor. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. 
and let's chase Christ today. Father, I thank you. Lord, as we have engaged in your word, Father, I pray that you would uh, reorient our hearts towards you. Lord, teach us, guide us. Lord, as you impart this wisdom upon us, Lord, teach us to see beyond the things that culture and society tell us that we ought to celebrate, that we ought to chase, that we ought to seek after. Lord, dismantle those idols in our lives that we would focus on you. Bless us, Lord, as we engage through this day. Lord, continue, Lord, to deconstruct and unpack all the things, Lord, that we have made distractions from you. And we say that in your name we pray. Amen. Love y'all, fam. Um, I hope I didn't leave you in, like, utter, like, depravity and depression. <laughs> uh, but we need to be reoriented. We need to. We need to be reoriented, y'all. All right? And so I say that in love. Um, we're not going to stay down like this because we're going to finish this book tomorrow. Um, but I love y'all. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Please don't forget, follow me on IG. If you're not following me on IG, follow me on TikTok. If you're not following me on TikTok, also, uh, I want to encourage you guys, text me 954-231-1848. 954-231-1848. Also, sign up to my email list, okay? If I ever have any news, anything I want to share, I actually want to become... I, I want to share uh, what's going on in my own life. And I'm going to maybe do that on a week to week basis. Maybe tell you guys what it means to make disciples, even in my own home. And, you know, you guys can journey with me in that. And so I've been thinking about how I share with you guys um, on a week to week basis through uh, emails. And so anyway, send me an email, connect with me there. Click the link in the bio, click the link in the profile and you will and you will um, you'll, you'll get all the information there. OK, if you're interested in becoming a patron and supporting what we do, um, you can catch the Bible studies that we do there as well. But if you're interested in supporting what we do, supporting the ministry, click the link in the bio, in the profile or go to patreon.com slash Isaac Frere, patreon.com dot com slash Isaac Frere. Love y'all. I will see you guys tomorrow. We're going to finish Ecclesiastes tomorrow. There you go. All right. Love y'all. Peace out.